Sirius XM presents Stanford Pathfinders. Stanford has 225,000 alumni living all over the globe in 151 countries. And they're some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. A show about how the graduates of Stanford University are changing our lives and the world. We'll hear very interesting things from business leaders in the technology sector, but well beyond that. The worlds of politics, entertainment, business, and beyond. Inspiring stories from America's innovation heartland. It's a place where people look to the the future, not to the past, where they don't rest on their laurels. Think about the gold rush. Think about Stanford being formed in the late 1800s. And then Stanford was the beginning of Silicon Valley. And the ethos of Silicon Valley is deeply embedded in the Stanford spirit. It's a spirit of innovation, experimentation. It's a spirit of being willing to try new things and risk failure as long as you fail forward. Welcome to Stanford Pathfinders. Today on Stanford Pathfinders, an alumnus and quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Put a lot of things into perspective. I, I appreciate the game of football in a much different way. He embodies the Stanford brand in athletics and academics. One of the things I learned while at Stanford was it's okay to dive into whatever you love. And it's okay to really give it your all, whether it's a sport, whether... Uh, whether it's your academic studies or you know, whatever it is, it's okay to go 100% in, and there's no shame in that. This week on Stanford Pathfinders, Andrew Luck. Now, here's your host, Howard Wolf. Stanford as an institution tends not to talk about its brand. The concept of a university as a brand is simply anathema to most in the academy. It feels too corporate or businesslike for those whose lives are dedicated to education and research. This reluctance on the part of the university to talk about Stanford in these terms, however, does not keep others from talking about the Stanford brand. To the contrary, over my many years as head of alumni affairs at Stanford, I have heard countless attempts to define the essence of Stanford, to define its brand. At the end of the day, there is one brand promise that has resonated most deeply with me. There is one brand statement that best attempts to describe how Stanford views itself. Excellence in academics and excellence in athletics. Today's guest on Stanford Pathfinders is a quintessential example of the Stanford brand at work. He is the personification of excellence in both academics and athletics. He exhibits exactly what Stanford values. He is Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was a game-changing quarterback at Stanford from 2008 to 2011 and whose winning legacy continues. He is now a star quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts who has set countless NFL records and achievements. But Andrew Luck is much more than simply a great football player. He is also a great human being and tremendous role model. While at Stanford, he majored in engineering with a focus on architectural design. And after the 2010 season, he was not only eligible to go pro, he was widely projected as the top pick in the NFL draft. But instead of going pro, he elected to continue in school and play a final season at Stanford. When asked why he made the stunning decision, he shared that it was really quite simple. He wanted to play one more season with teammates he had known since his freshman year. He wanted to play one more year with his band of brothers. Andrew Luck lives the Stanford ethos and personifies the Stanford brand, and we embrace him for all he does. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Howard. I'm really stoked to be on it. Well, we're stoked to have you as well. So you lived in Germany as a child only returning yep. to the U.S. in the fourth grade. 
How did that experience living, living overseas in Europe, how did that inform your life? I mean, how did it impact you? Yeah, that is a good question. I think I've actually found myself thinking about that a little more uh, the older I've gotten. Uh, certainly when you're a kid, you don't know any different, right? For all I knew, every kid grew up in a country other than where they were born uh, as an expat yes. in a sense, you know, and then, uh, you know, that, that was our reality. That was, that was our truth. Um, you know, looking back on it, I think, I think it helped inform my, you know, inform me and, and my siblings. Cause my brother was born in London. My two sisters who are also Stanford graduates, they were born in Wiesbaden, Germany. But I think we, I think you learn that there's multiple ways to skin a cat. Uh, we certainly, developed a love of traveling a love of seeing new places um i'd like to think maybe we're a little more patient and tolerant with with different people doing things a different way uh but i i loved it again as when you're a kid you don't know any different so you think you know i think every every kid grows up this way uh and and also my father's family they uh they, a lot of them still live in Karlsruhe, Germany. So we got to go see them. I remember meeting my great grandmother, who survived, you know, through two world wars, and seeing where my grandmother grew up. So uh, still, still love Germany, uh, and go back as many, as many times as I can. All right. So you go to high school in Texas, and coming out yeah. of high school, you D- different than Germany. Yes, very different than <laughs> Germany. Well, it's its own country, Texas, but yes, very different. So you're coming out of high school in Texas. You could have gone to any university or college in America understanding your football prowess but thankfully you chose Stanford so walk us through that decision and how did you come to Stanford because you have no familial ties for my for my perspective thankfully Stanford chose me (laughs) I uh it was it was an interesting recruiting experience certainly high school high school football is a big deal in the state of Texas and uh Friday night lights there there were games I remember we had 20,000 people at a high school football game which was bizarre to me and and a little different and that was an odd thing you know to reconcile as a 16 17 year old kid when there are people that care about the sport you're playing uh but we can get on I, I don't need to digress onto that tangent uh, right now, uh, but but I was fortunate enough to be decent at it and, and be at a good program with a lot of good help and uh, had a chance to go visit some schools, the Northwesterns, uh, certainly the in-state schools, the Texases, the Texas A&Ms, and you know some of the SEC stuff. But my father and I took a trip out to Stanford right after Jim Harbaugh had been hired. Um, I remember sitting in. Well, I remember it being super hot in Houston, like 90 degrees with 120% humidity or something, and then and landing <laughs> in the bay in June, and it's a beautiful day, and driving up Palm Drive, of course, and that is intoxicating. You know, going around, yeah, uh, going up to see Memchu and through the quad and and all of that, and then sitting in Jim Harbaugh's office, and 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 him being you know, <laughs> unapologetically him, I guess, and just how competitive he was and the energy that he had, uh, and. And I was drawn to it, and I got to meet a bunch of the staff. Coach Shaw, who's there now, was a big part of my recruiting process. Willie Taggart, who's the head coach at Florida State now. Uh, So a bunch of great coaches, and I met a bunch of the guys. I remember meeting David DeCastro and Sam Shortstein and Michael Thomas and Chase Thomas, all, all these, and a bunch of other guys, all these great guys. I said, man, I, I want to be in a locker room with these types and, of guys. And what I, made I, those I guys play special? Football with these types of guys, and and certainly the academics uh, and the. The, the engineering program it's something I was interested in uh, so it, it it all worked out very well what made those guys special why are they special in the locker room those Stanford players yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I think there's a there's a whole lot of depth to, to each guy in there. I remember walking through, and, and and when I was still in high school, I'm sort of you know you're walking through the locker room and you're getting a tour of it, and you see different guys hanging out. The the current Stanford players, or at the time the current Stanford players, and they were talking about economics or uh, something going on in, in political news or the, the current news in East Asia. I'm like, whoa, this is this is different <laughs> than I expected the locker room chatter to be. Uh, so. I very much wanted uh, wanted to be uh, in that environment, and and at the same time, you could tell they cared about football. They cared about being the best they could at football, which was important to me. And I think I think one of the things I learned while at Stanford was it's okay to dive into whatever you love, and it's okay to really give it your all, whether it's a sport, whether uh, whether it's your academic studies, you know, whatever it is, it's okay to go a hundred percent in, and there's no shame in that. Fantastic. So let's think back to Stanford. Favorite Stanford football memory, favorite Stanford non-football memory. <laughs> and I'm sure there are many. There, there are many. And I'll be honest, there's probably more favorite Stanford non-football memories than there are football memories. But uh, the favorite memory is coupled with uh, probably my least favorite football memory, which was losing the big game. Uh, my sophomore, my, my first year starting, Toby Gerhardt was having this amazing season, as, as Stanford football fans will remember. And, and when I threw an interception late, late in the in the big game down in the red zone and it was at home and it was I remember all the the Berkeley fans and it was really a terrible experience so so to go to Berkeley the following year when we were really good uh, and had a bunch of good players and were really rolling and to really beat them bad (laughs) it felt great it was a great year for us that year and, and, and a fun win to go up to Berkeley and it started this this unprecedented streak of winning big games and hopefully we keep that going then as far as non football my gosh there are so many great memories. Um, I'm, I'm I'm still together with the, with the girl that lived next to me my freshman year in Robley 3C. You know, John Barton was the head of our architecture program. I, I loved going over there after hours, and certainly in architecture, you end up you end up spending a couple all nighters in the studio towards the end of quarters, uh, f- finishing your projects and such. So some great memories there. Uh, you know, I, I we still go back to the Bay very, very often. We bought a house in Palo Alto about three or four years ago. My sisters are there. Uh, so, so always creating new non-football memories at Stanford as well. So you mentioned your sisters, and I know that your two younger sisters both attended Stanford. And one of them, yeah. Mary, you overlapped with, and she was a student athlete on the volleyball team. Did you go watch her games? Did she watch your games? How'd that work? It was awesome, yeah. Uh, Mary Allen, as she's affectionately known to everybody, to everybody uh, was was a volleyball player, two years younger than me, and I, I'd go see as many games as I could. Uh, we were both fall sports, so that made it difficult, but it made it easy easier on my parents. <laughs> they could knock a couple games out throughout a weekend <laughs> if it if it lined up with a home game and, and a home game for for her. But uh, loved watching her play. Uh, she, I think, came to as many games in the same, you know, same boat. Came to as many games as as, as she should, as she could, uh, and that's something I've actually found myself doing much more uh, since I've graduated. Is I, especially when we're back in the spring or in the winter, I try to go to as many different Stanford sporting events on campus uh, as I as I can. And I, I I I almost regret not going to more when I was in school. Uh, and it's also fun living in Indy. We went to the we went to the uh, women's water polo national championship a couple years. Oh, yeah. We got to see our girl our, our our gals beat USC, and there's always rowing, and, and different conventions come through. Uh, try, try to support the Stanford sports uh, in, in any way possible. So you mentioned Jim Harbaugh earlier and how yeah. fundamental he was in recruiting you. Um, he's quite a personality. And, and, <laughs> yes. And some might say that they broke the mold when they made Jim Harbaugh. Give us your sort of impressions about Harbaugh, 
you know, he, he left Stanford, he went to the Niners, now he's at Michigan. Tell us a little bit about Jim Harbaugh from Andrew Luck's eyes. Yeah, the experience with Coach Harbaugh was was great. It was amazing. It it, it created a culture of competition, uh, and 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 improvement and getting better. I mean, there was no relaxing. You had to bring your your razor sharp edge every day, and you had to sharpen it while you were working. And it it molded us into a into a team and do a competitive team. Uh, and, and certainly after that, you know, some wins started. So he, he did an, an incredible job, uh, with us at Stanford. Uh, he pushed us. It was not always easy. <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't. And there, there are some times that, that were very tough, but we certainly, you know, I think of my relationships with, with, with teammates, you know, those grow stronger. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself. So he did, he did an unbelievable job, uh, you know, with, with the program for those what, three or four years, and then and then I don't think Coach Shaw could have. He's done an, you know, the perfect man after Coach Harbaugh has been Coach Shaw. He did a heck of a job, you know, when he was coordinator and, and, and coaching wide receivers and quarterbacks, and, and I'm I'm so proud of him. I'm so glad I got to play for a year with him as our as our head coach, and uh, he's done a heck of a job. The winningest coach in Stanford football history, and more wins than Pop Warner himself. I mean, and, and a Stanford alum. This is the ultimate combination. <laughs> He is. He is a good man. He is a. He is a kind man. He's a sharp man. You know, and and a lot of times because uh, he is a little more mild mannered than some coaches, or maybe maybe doesn't, maybe isn't as loud personality wise. You mistake that for a for for him being soft in a sense. Uh, but he is as driven as any man, any coach that I've ever ever been around. And he's tough, and he's sharp, and he's a great motivator. Uh, I've stayed very very close with Coach Shaw. I actually saw him a couple days ago uh, down in Florida. Uh, but we but we t- we talk a lot, and I think he's done he's done an incredible job with the program. Amazing Stanford citizen. So let's switch to the NFL. Yeah. You you made this transition to the NFL. This is a difficult transition for any college athlete. And I'm just curious, what from your Stanford background, whether it's in the locker room, on the field, or in the classroom, what from your Stanford background helped you in that transition? Yeah, that's a good question. One, you know, I think the more, the longer I've been in the league, and the more I've talked to some other guys, and, and where they come from, in different universities, and different backgrounds, I think, I think with Coach Harbaugh and Coach Shaw, the, the the program is run in a very professional manner at Stanford. Uh, so, you know, from from the offense and how it's taught and how the responsibilities that the quarterback has uh, is, is is very professional um, to, to how we train, to how we practice, to how we meet. There's a very professional structure around the program. So that transition, I think, was easier because of how we were taught at Stanford in the, in, in the football program. So you line up behind center, and you're looking across the line, and you see Stanford teammates or players that have followed you (laughs) at Stanford, and they're the enemy, they're the competitor, but there's some camaraderie there too, right? So how does that play out on the field? It's funny. Uh, you know, this year Harrison Phillips was a rookie. We played against him at Buffalo. Trent Murphy, who I played with, was outside linebacker at Buffalo. I played Blake Martinez, Josh Morrow, who I played with on the Giants. And I, the the funniest to me is Michael Thomas, because Michael Michael Thomas and I came in as freshmen together. Uh, we we actually played four years of high school football and basketball against each other oh my. Uh, in Houston, Texas, and we roomed our first summer at Stanford together. And he in late this year he started at safety number 31 for the new york giants in a game that we have to win you know to go to the playoffs our affection for each other runs very deep mike and i are very very close uh great great friend so it's always funny pregame uh to see 
your really close friends that you've that you've been through you know character building times with uh but once the ball snapped once you once you step through the white line it's you know there's sort of nameless faceless and, and that's something that i think is just part of being a professional athlete you know you you cross the white lines and it you have a job and and anything that can distract you from that job you've got to cut out but afterwards there, there's a lot of affection and mutual respect uh from all of us for each other and it was awesome this uh you know, Michael Thomas made his first Pro Bowl down in uh, this past you know year after the season, so we got to hang out a bunch uh, down in cold, rainy Orlando <laughs> together. But it was really fun catching up, and so proud of him. This is Stanford Pathfinders. I'm Howard Wolf. More with Andrew Luck, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, next on Sirius XM Insight 121. This is Stanford Pathfinders. I'm Howard Wolf, and I'm speaking with Andrew Luck quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. So this season, the 2018-19 season, was a huge season for you because this was your comeback season. You missed last season with your injury and your surgery and your shoulder, and this was your comeback season. And there was much talk from you about your desire to show that you were durable. So what exactly does that mean, and why was that so important to you? And, and yeah. some have, I have read that you really thought that when after your surgery, you wondered whether you would ever really be able to come back. Yeah, I, you know, I had a, I had a I had a difficult time with things. I was I was struggling, you know, first off with myself. Uh, well, being in pain does does things to you. That's that's weird. Uh, and, and and I know it. I I did not feel like myself for a couple years, and 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 I. I, I wasn't being honest to myself about how I felt, and which in turn didn't allow me to be honest to anybody else, which in turn didn't allow me to get any help. Um, so I certainly learned a lot uh, through you know, my, my experience with missing a season and, and surgery and rehab, you know, going differently than, than what I had envisioned. Uh, but but it was the best thing that could have happened to me professionally. It was the best thing I think that could have happened to me for my life at this point. I uh, put a lot of things into perspective. I... I appreciate the game of football in a much different way. You know, there, there was a time I really did not know if I could play again. I'm, you know, or if, if you know where I'd fit in with the game of football. I, there was a time I didn't know if I wanted to play football again. You know, those, these were the questions I needed to answer, and it took me going away and sort of getting out of the the football environment and, in a sense, running away to Europe for for eight weeks with 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 my significant other to to finally look in the mirror and and face some of those questions that I've been running uh, running away from so missing the season everything you know the result has been the most positive thing I think that, that could have happened uh, the first goal was be pain free because when you know once you're pain free Andrew you know you, you can do whatever you want you can you can set your mind to it you, you, you can accomplish anything so getting pain free and then being durable you know one of the abilities as a as our old coach Chuck Pagano used to say uh, was availability and as a quarterback you're too valuable to the team you take all the reps you have to be available uh, for, for your team you have to be out there you have to be playing and I really wanted to do that and I'm certainly as a team we came up short this year and you know, our goal was the Super Bowl but there are many things to be proud of and I know personally one of those things I, I did not miss a practice this year and I'm 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 not secretly proud of that I'm very loud and <laughs> proud about that uh, or a game so I have a uh, lot lots to improve upon but I certainly learned learned a lot so as I listen to you talk about this it's almost as if the surgery provided this epiphany for you to be able to allow you to step back and really look at your life look at football look what matters to you and without that, you would have never had that opportunity because you would have just kept on rolling along. 
Yeah, it, it's a it's a bit of a scary thought, uh, to be honest. Uh, to th- you know, and I and I have thought I was like, especially once once you're sort of out of the weeds and look back and, and you know, take take time to reflect. It's like, man, I'm and I'm so thankful that 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 all that did go down the way it did because it's it's manifested itself in such a positive way, both both in football and and outside of football. So yeah, a little a little scary to think about if I if I didn't have something that 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 sort of helped bring change about in my life. So one of my favorite Andrew Luck stories is um, that you get a lot of press for confounding your opposing players on the other team by congratulating defenders <laughs> who um, take you down, right, who sack you. And, and you know, I've heard all about this and I've read all about it, and they're just flummoxed. They don't even know what to say. What is that all about? Is that a strategy on your part, or are you really – objectively saying hey that was a good hit oh i'm not devious enough to have a strategy (laughs) (laughs) like that uh to talk i'm I'm very bad at trash talk uh and everything but i think it's just something some weird part of my personality and i've done this always i I did it at stanford i think i did it in high school and middle school and and not just football basketball soccer whatever it was i think that's just how i communicate with other players on the field at the time and and you know certainly when you get to the nfl the uh the media scrutiny and the uh the, the uh fishbowl is 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 alive and everything you do uh shoot everything you do today seems to be captured on a microphone or on, or on a video but right. I, it's just something that that i've always done and yeah i i don't know if i'll ever be able to stop it <laughs> all right so we talked earlier about how you grew up in germany so europe's the place yeah. for soccer and you were a talented soccer player some have even said that some of your footwork is based on your youth as a soccer player, et cetera. So understanding the wear and tear that a football player goes through professionally, do you yeah. sometimes look back and wish you could snap your fingers and be a professional soccer player instead oh, of a football? Oh, no. No, I, I, I love playing football. And, and the wear and tear, yes, there's, there's a part of the game, but it's a part of any game. And, it's, uh, and, and I've learned how to take care of my body so much better. I mean, I've learned these lessons that, that, that I'll carry for the rest of my life, regardless of the endeavor uh, that, that, that I'm in. Um, but, no, I do not wish I was playing any other sport. I will say this. I, I played a lot of sports growing up. I, you know, I, certainly I played football, but played soccer and basketball and baseball, ran track. You know, my sisters were volleyball and soccer and softball and, and swimming and 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 I'm a big believer in kids playing a different sport every season and not specializing too young. All right, listeners who are parents of young children, you just heard it from Andrew Luck himself. Cross train, don't focus and specialize too young. All right, we, we've got that out there. I love that. All right, so there's been much made, Andrew, of the Andrew Luck Book Club. It's been wildly successful, and I saw you have something like 18,000 followers on Facebook and another 16,000 followers on Twitter, 13,000 on Instagram. So tell us about this book club. How did it start? What's it about? And, and which is more popular, the adult version or the children version? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, the book club sprang about from conversations with, with my with my significant other, Nicole, also a Stanford alum, as we mentioned, and, and my mom. Uh, and I've always enjoyed reading. Uh, and I think I was probably complaining about how people only seem to be, seem to read 140 characters at a time or something. And they <laughs> said, so why don't you do something about it? So I said, sure, I'll I'll, uh, I'll share what I've read or what I'm reading with folks and maybe encourage, especially kids. You know, I really want to 
try and encourage a kid to pick up a book and read it or and, and or an adult and i was taught this at you know while i was a younger player in the nfl but i've certainly lived it and learned it like you have a platform as a professional athlete whether you like it or not you're going to share a message regardless of what you do and and try to make that message as positive as possible especially when you're around kids because they soak up so much uh information as 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 you well know so we said all right let's start a book club let's do a let's keep it football themed we'll have a rookie book each month you know a book for for kids for children and then a veteran book each month uh, a book for veteran readers uh if you will a lot of the books that i read as a as as a kid and it's been really fun going back and reading those books and oh my gosh you get a totally different you know message or plot points whatever it is out of them i think the rookie books are a little more popular yeah all right so as i listen to your answer though um, at its core is the sense that you have that as a professional football player, as a celebrity, as an icon, you're a role model for younger people. But but not every football player or basketball player or baseball player feels that way. Is that just sort of how you're wired? Uh, yeah, maybe. And I think I've been around some really, really good football players and really good role models when I was young. Robert Mathis, you know, a great player for the Colts that's still around and does a lot for the community. Reggie Wayne, you know, Adam Vinatieri, who I'm, who I'm still playing with. So you, you sort of watch the older guys. Um, and then I do believe it. And especially in this world of social media and, you know, the only social media I have is, is, is stuff for the book club, but, but people, people watch what professional athletes do. And I, and I, I try to, try to look remember when i was a kid that's what i did i watched i watched peyton manning play and i wanted to act like peyton manning acted on the sidelines and in a press conference yeah. and that's you know i read articles about him that's that's how i modeled you know certain things peyton manning and ben roethlisberger and watching steve mcnair and so if you're a football player if you're a basketball player, you 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 are a role model whether, whether you want whether it or not you like it or yep. not hopefully we can all try to make that as positive as possible and 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 i will say too that i think i think a lot of guys in the nfl do an amazing job especially you know i my Stanford teammates. I look at Richard Sherman and Doug Baldwin, who, oh, yeah. you know, in Seattle, and, and they do so many amazing things uh, around topics that aren't fun to talk about. So a lot of great role models around the NFL, and I specifically point out Doug and Richard. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier architecture as being one area of focus at Stanford. So when you're done playing, you've got your Super Bowl ring, you know, you're 45 years old, you decide to retire. Are you going to go back to architecture? Are you going to be a coach? I know that seems decades away. But I'm just curious, is there a is there a plan B after football? The world is is our oyster, <laughs> certainly. But I think what excites me most is to teach high school history somewhere, or history in high school somewhere. So uh, oh, really? Maybe that'll happen. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned this earlier from your days in Europe, and you um, you're an inveterate traveler. You love to travel. Favorite place to visit? Oh man, good question. Um, favorite place to visit. My gosh, it's sort of going back to Palo Alto has become. Oh, <laughs> become that's my music to my visit. ears. I love hearing that. Of course, coming back to Palo Alto and spending time at Stanford. What's the plan yes. for the off season? And it will be entirely different than last year because last year it was all about rehab. Yeah, I know. Certainly, from the football perspective, I, I I'm starting off with a much different foundation. But the goal, in a sense, is the same. I've got to improve. I've got to get better. I know. I I know I can be a better thrower, and I know I can be more fit i know i can be a better quarterback you know physically mentally emotionally uh so there's certainly a plan that we're building and putting in place to to accomplish all those things it's it's great when you have great help both inside the colts organization and not when april comes around we're back in indianapolis and that's sort of the rhythm of of the 
NFL. Uh, you're back working and, and being around the team and get and having a nice sort of 10-week period to uh, to improve as a team. Uh, and then we'll have a nice little summer break and, and get rolling again. Very exciting. Andrew, thank you so much for making time to be on the show today. I really cannot thank you enough. Absolutely, Howard. It was a pleasure. It was fun talking. Thank you for listening to Stanford Pathfinders on Sirius XM Insight. Listen to this and other episodes anytime on demand with the Sirius XM app.